Hey everyone, this week we started a new series at Snapshot uh, called The Good News. And we're talking about how Jesus is actually the good news in the context of where that phrase came from uh, historically. And it's really eye-opening and amazing to see how God came at just the right time in human history to make his point about what his kingdom looks like compared to the way the world would run things. Let's get into it. So this word good news is actually a Greek word called evangelion. And it literally translated is good news, right? Sometimes if you read it in the Bible, we call it the gospel. Um, But it really means good news. It's that word. Um, But the word to preach, we oftentimes think that's just like a church word that's existed forever, right? Like it's just you are a preacher and that's what you do. You're talking about the word of God. But the word preach in Greek is actually just a word that's kind of close to evangelion, right? And its definition is to announce good news. So literally when you're preaching, you're announcing good news, right? And this word was used before Christianity became a thing. So people understood this word as someone's coming to announce something that's really important that somebody thinks is good news. Now, if you receive it as good news, that might be a different story, right? Um, The usage is, it's someone who brings good news, who preaches good tidings, right? They express uh, that something amazing is about to happen and you need to listen to this good news, right? And sometimes this good news could be just an event, it could be circumstances, or it could be expressed as a person, right? Like literally they could be announcing the good news is a person. And that's actually kind of where the story starts, right? So Caesar Augustus was the Roman emperor and military leader. Um, He reigned from 27 BC and died in 14 AD, right? So he's like right there. He's the emperor when Jesus is born. And while he is is leading in the 23rd year of his reign, right, he uh, becomes kind of big-headed and he thinks everyone needs to know this amazing thing I've done like he kind of consolidates the power of the Roman Empire like it was kind of there before but he really consolidates it and kind of brings in this piece that you hear about in history class like the Pax Romana right because what would happen is people who wanted to be in charge in Rome the people in Italy and in Rome would not allow them to fight there. There was no way they would put up with them. They wouldn't let them stay in power if they did that. So they would go fight their wars with their armies. Like they were normally just military leaders and they would take all their men and they would fight each other somewhere else, right? And this normally happened in Turkey, right? And in some of the Middle East, but mostly in Turkey, right? And uh, the city of Philippi, we read about in the, the Paul's letter to the Philippians, they fought around there a lot too. Right. So Caesar Augustus wins this battle, goes, and he becomes the emperor now. And he kind of starts this trajectory towards uh, the emperors of Rome beginning to think that they're gods. Like, he doesn't quite get there, but he does do something that is pretty, like, full of himself. So like I said, the 23rd year of his reign, he sent out heralds to preach, uh, to evangelize, right, this good news that he was born, right? It was a celebration for his birthday, and he wanted everyone to know that that was when the world changed, because I, Caesar Augustus, am so amazing. I came, and I have brought peace to the entire world, right? So he sends people out. He sends people to these places, 
in, in Turkey and says, hey, listen to this. I'm the one who saved you, right? And he also kind of says that he would be the king and he would grant salvation from destruction to all the people who surrendered and pledged allegiance to him. Does that sound super nice? Hey, follow me or I'll kill you, <laughs> right? That's literally what he's saying. So he's sending out and that's his good news. I'm born, I made everything better. Not only that, he, there's a city called Perini, um, also in Western Turkey. And he um, made this stone and surely there were other places too but we've recovered one so we can read it, right? And he uses the term gospel, right? Meaning this good news. Uh, and he's saying uh, that, again, announcing his birthday. And then he's saying it's the beginning of an era. So we're actually going to create a whole new calendar system based off of me, right? That's the good news these people had to go talk about, right? Like, just think for a minute if like, any politician, I don't care what you think about politics, like a politician came to your school and was like, everything's amazing now because of what I've done. You all would sit there and stare at them like they're a crazy person. And that's kind of what was going on here, right? Like all these people, they had just known war and war and war because people used where they lived as a theater for their wars to accomplish things somewhere else in Rome, right? And I'm sure they were happy that they stopped fighting there. But at the same time, they know that that person's not the greatest end-all be-all, right? So he's, he literally tries to start a new calendar based on himself. And the funny thing is, you know, we actually base our calendar off of Jesus now. Not that Jesus ever told anyone to do that. That kind of happened later. But still, to think about it, like, this guy tried to do the exact thing that Jesus ended up doing, right? It's not a coincidence that they're at the same time period. Uh, so knowing all that about Caesar Augustus. Um, and, and the beginning of the Gospel of Mark kind of just smacks in the face of this idea, right? Like the New Testament uh, goes straight against it and, because they're living in that area of the world where these heralds went out and announced and preached this good news of Caesar Augustus. And the Gospel writers pick up on it and Paul picks up on it and they use the word gospel a lot, right? It makes us think that it's like this widely used word, but really it's like this circumstance and people are hearing this word. So when you hear it, you know they're talking about this instance, right? And Mark in the beginning of his gospel says, Jesus, um, at the beginning of the gospel of, of Mark, he says, uh, Jesus Christ, the son of God. This is the beginning of the gospel of him. Right? He literally uses that word. It's like in the first sentence of his thing. And he sets up Jesus as diametrically opposed to the ruling powers of the world. Right? Um, so Jesus, when he starts off his ministry, we read Luke chapter 4, verses 17 through 21. He's teaching in a synagogue. Um, he goes up. They hand him a scroll because he's a rabbi. He reads part of the scroll. Then he goes to sit down. And um, people normally ask questions or he asks questions and they have a dialogue about it. That's kind of how synagogue worked back then. Right? So the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to Jesus. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, at the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Right. So I gave you all that crazy context before because 
first of all, the good word good news is in there, but it's in Hebrew when it's originally written, right? So it's not this Greek understanding, not the thing that Caesar Augustus did. But when people hear that, there's no way that they're not thinking that, right? Like you can connect that pretty easy, right? If you hear the word good news and good news, like it, you're going to be like, oh, okay. Uh, but when Jesus says that last thing, that last line, the scripture has just heard has been fulfilled today. Remember, the word good news could sometimes be expressed as a person. He is literally saying at that point, I am this good news. Me here, right? Which again, is crazy unless it's true, right? And the people get really mad and actually want to kill him because he did this, right? Like they try and chase him out of the synagogue and try and pick up rocks and throw at him until he's dead. But he like uses some Holy Spirit power or something and like slips away unnoticed um, and goes on about his ministry. But that's like one of the first things Jesus does, right? He says, I'm the good news. That's crazy, right? Jesus is literally showing God's kingdom. It's something that's exemplified by a different kind of lifestyle, right? If you read um, Matthew chapter 5 through 7, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. But it's really Jesus taking things that everybody thinks is right or taking like these legalistic laws that the Jewish people were following and talking about God's actual heart for them and the reason that they're there, right? Like he says, don't hate your neighbor because if you hate them, you might as well be a murderer, right? He's saying hate leads to murder. That's why we don't want you to hate people. That's why we don't want you to murder, right? Like Jesus is literally showing, laying out God's heart for what it looks like to be a citizen of his kingdom and is absolutely different, right? Again, remember, Caesar Augustus says, follow me or I'll kill you and destroy you. And Jesus in, in dying on the cross and what we remember in communion is literally saying, I love you so much. Choose to follow me and live a different way, right? Like Caesar Augustus, I'll kill you. Jesus is, I'll die for you. That's, that's a big difference, right? A lot of times people think to be powerful, you have to have political power, wealth, um, the people with tanks, right? Um, but that's not how it works in God's kingdom, right? We build hospitals and schools. We help people um, be fed. We sow justice and love into the world, right? And by the time we do it, the people who think they have power already missed out on something, which is the cool thing about Jesus, right? Like he's not trying to overthrow them with power, but subvert them with love and justice, which is so cool. Then we looked at Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. And this is just a reminder to show us that this plan of God's salvation, this idea of setting up a different kingdom and blessing the world um, was there for a long time, right? This is God talking to Abraham, uh, right? It, t- it talks about that. Um, it says, scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you, right? That promise can be found in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, chapter 18, verse 18, chapter 22, verse 18. God always had salvation on his mind to set up his kingdom as opposed to the way we would do things. So we also looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. Uh, and says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, right? Not big capital God, the God that we serve, the one that we think Jesus came down as, right? Not that God, but just like the spirit of this age kind of is the idea, right? So like the overall cultural mindset of the people um, has 
blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, this good news that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. This is Paul writing, right? And he's saying the overwhelming like thought process of people at this time has blinded them to be able to see the good news that Jesus is the glory of God, right? Because a powerful, strong leader, if he was the God of the universe, he wouldn't have came and sacrificed his life. He would have came and taken over by power, right? And people wouldn't see it, but Jesus shows us the very heart and characteristics of God. And that's what he's saying, right? And also, I love this when Paul says, what we preach is not ourselves, right? Like when we share this good news, it's not about who we are, our charisma, how amazing we are. If people want to follow us, it's literally about sharing this amazing news about the God of the universe came down as one of us and suffered things that we do and knows exactly how we feel and knows exactly how hard life is and knows the effects of sin deeply and intimately, just like we do. And he was willing to, to die to sacrifice that for us. So um, we, when we broke up in our small groups, we talked about doing this thing called a rule of life, which again, isn't writing down a bunch of rules, but we asked you guys to look up and take time to look it up, right? But actually look up a Bible verse that means something to you, that shows something about God's heart that speaks to you and wants, that will help guide you in your life. Right, like I have a couple of verses that really mean a lot to me. Most of them are in Colossians, right? Colossians chapter two, verses six and seven. Colossians chapter three, verses ten and eleven. Those are like my go-to's. I love them. Right? There's a couple other ones that that are really important to me. Um, but find some verses that mean something to you and and hold up to you what it means for you to follow Christ and what it means for you to be close to God. That's what that is. It's not just finding some random Bible verse to put on a piece of paper because it's an assignment. This isn't an assignment. This is for you to grow stronger, this idea. I'm going to put up a PDF of it that you can download off of our Facebook page on Shummy, or you can go to the snapshot page on the Shummy website, shummy.org, and you can download it there too. But take time to do it. Um, I had a wrestling coach um, when I was younger, and he always talked at practices that you can take it easy in practice and not put in the work. But when you get on the mat to wrestle somebody, that's not going to help you, right? I remember the first day I went to wrestling practice, I was like knocked down in like half a second and I was on my back and I had no idea what happened, right? And life can be like that, right? Like we can think everything's great and fine and then all of a sudden something hits us and we're knocked down, right? But if we make ourselves strong and we're diligent in preparing um, and digging into our relationship with God and knowing what the word says, we can be prepared for all the storms of life. Right? That's one of those Colossians verses, right? That we are rooted and grounded in God. Like, it, it's an amazing thing. So, so I please take time to do it. And it, and it talks about um, different sections of your life um, and how you can follow God. And just set up some goals that you have to make sure that you are following God. Like, if your home life, if you feel um, uneasy and unrestful at home, what are some goals you can do to change that? What are some ways that you can infuse God into these areas of your life to make sure um, that you're strong and that you're following him and that God, loving God isn't just something you do when you're at church, but it's part of your whole life. Um, and that because of that, your life preaches this gospel, this good news, and shows it to other people. 
right? Um, we ended with a Bible verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. Again, Paul writing to a church, and he says, For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. This is the part I really like. You became imitators of God and us. And for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit, right? He's literally saying they just went and, and shared the good news. They just shared who Jesus was and that people began to imitate the way they were living. And then they began to imitate Jesus. And um, the Holy Spirit did amazing things through that. And I can testify that's how it works, right? Don't be scared to share your faith with someone. Don't be scared to say, hey, this is why I believe in Jesus and why he's important to me. I've seen him do this in my life. You don't have to, again, like beat them into submission and act like they have to follow a bunch of weird rules. The God of the universe came down as Jesus to forgive us of all these things that make us feel icky and weird and guilty, right? Any shame that we have lays all that aside, all these things that we know are messed up and broken, right? And says, there's a better way to live. There's a way that we're intended to live. And it's in relationship with God. So when we share that, um, it looks different, right? Like I became a Christian because I had a friend who lived down the street who was always so calm and peaceful. And I was like, what is different about this dude than everybody else? Like he's always calm. He's like, got this peace about him and I don't I'm like grumpy and mad and like freaking out all the time like what does he have and like he never preached a sermon to me or like did anything it's just he modeled what it was like to live like Jesus and then I started going to church and digging into stuff and that's how it happened right like use what you have and the Holy Spirit will do amazing things right the Holy Spirit will do amazing things you don't have to you don't have to do the amazing things the Holy Spirit takes care of that for you right but we have to live as imitators of Christ if people are going to imitate us. So, again, check out that rule of life stuff. Take time to do it. Be earnest and honest and prayerful about it. And don't just do it once. Like, keep going back to it and be like, okay, did I meet these goals? I'm going to do some more. All right. I'm going to, I got really excited. Sorry about that. I love you guys. Have an amazing week. Remember, go share the good news that God loves us and wants a relationship with us. And that his kingdom is far different than the way the world thinks things should run. God bless us.